It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number two of Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca here. Thank you so much for waking up with us. It is 49 degrees in Metro Atlanta in Midtown off Peachtree Street. So uh, wake up, get that sweatshirt on, go out, have a cup of coffee, enjoy the nice sounds of fall. It was so pleasant outside this morning when I rolled out about 5 a.m. So uh, we're in hour two of the show. We're here until 9, and then, of course, Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It show. That comes up from 9 to noon, and it is a Georgia Bulldogs football Saturday. So are you excited? It's Georgia-Auburn. That's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. All of the tailgate show and the pregame begins at 3.30, kickoff at 7.30 right here on your Home of the Dogs, so can't wait for that. And I've been excited for a week or two to have a guest on. It's been a little while since I've had a guest on the show. And Mickey Gasaway, so many of you know her as the voice of Pike Nursery for so many years, being part of the Lawn and Garden Show, and I'm really glad. She's a friend. She has stuck by me. She's been one of my biggest supporters in taking over this show. And she's with us for the whole hour. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. How are you, Ashley? Everybody in Metro Atlanta so appreciates that you are here with us for an hour. I can't believe it. I'm so happy. Let me say one thing. Yeah. You won't hear me say this very often, but go dogs. Yay. You yeah. You you want us you to beat why. Auburn. <laughs> no one likes Auburn. Not the Crimson Tide household, not the dogs household. That's right. So who are y'all playing today? I had to ask DeMarco because he rolled in with an Alabama sweatshirt. Uh, uh, Texas a Texas a Texas. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that should, yeah, that should be right. good. Well, so football Saturday, and it's a it's a planting Saturday. We've got some dry oh, yeah. weather. We've got some cool weather. But first, just good to have you back. I want you to have the opportunity to tell folks what you've been up to. Well, thank you so much. Um, well, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm, first of all, let me thank Pike Nursery. Nobody ever had a job that was as great as mine that I loved. Nobody ever loved their company or their job any more than I did. It was great. Almost 30 years. Wow. Um, but, you know, there comes a time that all good things must end, and that did. I'm, and so I'm, I'm working with some friends in Dallas, and um, so I, I, some people can stay home and do nothing. I can't. <laughs> and uh, even though I'm old, I still like to get up and go every morning. And so I'm doing that. I'm working with them and um, just doing some other stuff around. But uh, um, oh, and by the way, I've got a Facebook page. If you guys want to see what I'm doing, I'm working on my Facebook pages. Nikki Fishback Gasway. Yes, people can find some of the great. Name. I mean, like you take so many pictures of your of your yard, and it looks like a different location every time you post pictures it just looks so vast because you've got so many sections and different areas and stuff so gazaway is g-a-z-a-w-a-y so if you want to fish back gazaway yeah yeah that's right but i have to say when i'm taking the pictures of the yard you know it's really easy to make your yard look good if you can just section off one little section at a time so you don't see the weeds you don't take pictures of weeds you just take pictures of the things that look good so that's that's a hint. That's a, a tip and a trick. Very good. So, and Mickey's doing a little bit of a garden blog. I mean, she's still busy as ever in the landscape. You and Stan get out there and really just maintain all the beautiful stuff you've got. So, we want folks to call and pick Mickey's brain. You've always all always Hello? been so good at that. 
404-872-0750. I mean, Mickey, I rely heavily on you and Walter off the air for plant identification sometimes and for plant recommendations. You know, I get the calls so often about, you know, what should I plant or what are some suggestions for this space? And sometimes I know, but sometimes I'm like, what would Mickey do? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So we get some great suggestions. So the one call that I was going to take here in Black in Jackson, Georgia, held on for so, so long. And I so appreciate the Black. And I'm sorry we just missed you. But uh, the first question for you, Mickey, and, and I've got some info on this, too. He was wondering in Jackson, Georgia, if it was too late to plant uh, some greens, some mustard greens and some collard greens. And I think we've got some good news for him, don't we? Oh, yeah, I think that's fine. Probably with the collards, I would think about doing plants instead of mustard and turnip greens come right up but collards take a little bit longer so i think i'd probably plant the plants with the uh, collard greens at this point yeah so fall planting dates just depends on the cool season vegetable you're looking at but i mean we can definitely push it to right now to this first weekend in in october you've just got to give it enough time to get established and all that so yeah too late for seed do the plants and also i'm sorry go ahead no 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 you go ahead we do this all the time. I'm used to talking to you in person. I'm not used to I know. Listening. I'm usually um, looking across the desk at you, and that's easier. But the um, the the seeded things like turnip greens and mustard greens and lettuce, those all do great from seeds. Still, they'll do fine. But the ones with the thicker leaves, the cat, the cabbage family, those all um, do better from plants at this point in time. I think. And we know with pollination, with some of these fall crops, you know, pollination, things are either they set seed from their own pollen or they can receive pollen from another plant or they need the insects to carry pollen as well. So you think about that in the summer months with tomatoes and cucumbers and squash, you see the flowers and you know how those get pollinated. But same goes for this. If you're looking at like mustard or collards or things like that, got to be pollinated by insect-borne pollen. So you you still see those pollinators, and they're so important. Butterflies, too. But you don't really, you're not trying to produce any fruit. So you you don't care if they get pollinated in the fall, really. Because most of what you're growing is is leaves. That's true. So you don't need pollination for that unless you're trying to collect seeds for next year. Oh, see, and how do you do that? Do you have success with that, Mickey? No, I don't. (laughs) I've never tried that yeah, you just go to Pike Nursery and just get I the plant. Store and buy some seeds. That's right. <laughs> All right. So 404-872-0750 is the number for green and growing. First up is Carol and Marietta. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a crab apple tree in my front yard, and it's probably 25 feet tall or or thereabouts. And it looked really good seven years ago when I moved in, and it had big, beautiful red um, leaves, uh, flowers on it. But over the last, I'd say, three or four years, it's branches here and there have died, and I'm getting a lot of those what I call suckers off the main branch, just, you know, lots of new little skinny branches coming straight up. And so I don't know. And now the leaves are pretty much gone on, on most of it, except for where the suckers are. I I don't know, am I not taking care of it properly, or is it at the end of its lifespan? How old is it? How old is the tree? I I really don't know. I mean, it was here, and it was about that same height when I moved here seven years ago, so I I just don't know. 
you know, they, they have a lifespan like everything else, but that doesn't mean that they're going to die at the end of that. But, um, you know, that's something to, to consider. Um, as far as the suckers go, there's a, there's a product called Sucker Stopper that work. You don't want to use Roundup or anything like that on the suckers, but you can use the Sucker Stopper. It's a, actually, it's like a, a, a growth regulator, really, instead yeah, of a. Um, so you yeah, could do that. I, got some. I, have to, I have used that, and it seems to work well, but it still grows suckers <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> And I think that's probably because it's under stress. It's trying to save itself. That would be okay. my guess. And But you can, if you want to see how to prune a crabapple, the Extension Service has got a great handout on how to prune apples and crabapples and things like that. So you can go online to the UGA Extension Service and get that. It's it's a good, it's a good handout. Okay. All, All right. right. And. So how would I know, you know, if I if I print it properly and and do that, is is there going to be a sign that it's just it's just going to keep on looking crummy and that's going to be the sign it's dying? <laughs> that would be, you know, when something I when I try and get it try to get it to do and it just continues to it's losing more than it's gaining then I usually, that's usually it. Yeah, and I mean, do what you can, Carol, to keep the roots moist and cool and continue to mulch and do all that. And definitely right now, prune the dead stuff out. Um, But Mickey, I agree with you when it's putting up suckers. I mean, some some trees do, a lot of trees do. But with that many, it is kind of under stress. It's trying to throw out new growth in different places. Um, So Carol, still give it a little bit of a chance, but you'll definitely know the overall health of the tree when it does start to decline. And from what I'm seeing online, Mickey, and on Walter's site, maybe, you know, 40 years is about yeah. common for a crab apple, but they That's can certainly, yeah, they can certainly go longer than that. So, Carol, thank and you so Oh, Don't let your, um, and I keep interrupting, um, don't let your mulch get, sometimes over time, we'll let the mulch build up on the stem. You don't want to do, I mean, on the trunk, keep that pushed back from the um uh, um, from the truck too, that'll make a big difference. Yeah, no volcano mulching on things, but do what you right. can now, Carol, to kind of keep that in, in good health. And Karen in mm-hmm. East Point is going to be up after the break looking for a fern. We're going to see if we can help her identify what mm-hmm. fern it is she wants and where to find mm-hmm. it. Coming up on 718 here on WSB, joined by Mickey Gasway and taking your calls 404-872-0750. We'll be right back on 95.5 WSB. So knowing what the weather is doing, that goes hand in hand with gardening, folks. So Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update. And you've heard Brad Nitz from Channel 2 telling you today and tomorrow are going to be beautiful. Highs around the low to mid 70s and sunny, clear skies, lows in the upper 40s or the low 50s. And you're waking up right now. It's kind of chilly, like 49 degrees. So let's start with this. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, so number one, work to repel deer and rabbits right now. Yeah, they're out there. You can use organic products and granular repellents, things like that. Even deer scram or Irish spring soap. I 
take note of all the things you all suggest. Make your landscape less attractive to deer. You can plant the things you really like close to the house or in containers or even something with rough textured leaves. It is said that they're not going to bother something like that. And number two, delay harvesting vegetables as long as possible. The longer you can keep them on the plant or on the vine, the better they're going to taste. And winter squash and sweet potatoes, those can be about ready. And cure sweet potatoes for about five to ten days. Store them in a dark place around 60 degrees that's a little humid and they can be stored for months. And let's see if we can have my special guest, uh, Michael Cowan, executive director of the Dunwoody Nature Center. I picked his brain earlier in the week and here's something he suggests. So hey, I'm Michael Cowan from the Dunwoody Nature Center and I just wanted to put a plug in for all of the caterpillars that you're seeing on eating your foliage on all of your trees. Don't think of them as pests. Think of them as invitations for all the nice birds to come into your yard and that you'll love them. And then eventually they're going to be the butterflies or the moths that are going to pollinate all of your pretty flowers. They're your friend. Michael is so right about that. And Walter and I had a discussion earlier in the show. You'll want to go back and hear about that, about caterpillars, the good and the bad, but they are very important. So visit the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. And there I post a link to a little bit more about caterpillars from Walter's website. And Mickey Gasway, you are joining us on the phone and helping me take calls. You ready for more? I'm ready. So glad. All right. Karen in East Point, we've got about a minute. Welcome to the show. Yes, great job, ladies. Thanks. I'm trying to locate yeah, a house you. plant. It's a beautiful, fuzzy fern, but on closer inspection, the leaves are tiny triangles. If you could give me the name and where to find it, I'll listen on the radio. Now, Karen, is it real airy and lightweight looking? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mickey. All right, Mickey, at the same time, on the count of three, nope. let's see. I was going to say, let's say it together. One, two, three. Maidenhair. Maiden <laughs> ah, we both knew that. that. I'm thrilled. Maidenhair ferns. So, Karen, I let one almost die. And yeah. the fronds are very wiry, like brown, wiry. And I just kept cutting it back and cutting it back, gave it a little shot of fertilizer, and it is coming back. I've got three little fronds, and I'm not worried about it at all. I put fertilizer and just uh-huh. keeping that soil moist with a fern. That's so important. Um, and what's the sun, Mickey? What, what light does Actually, it need? It meet, they ferns. That's the problem with growing ferns in the house, is that usually you you think about them being shade plants, but they need they need light. They need at least a medium light. And the other thing is they don't like it when you turn the heat on yeah. and it sucks up all the um, the moisture out of the air. So yes. try to put it in a cool spot where it gets plenty of light, and uh, like you said, keep it watered. But sometimes. People will do a like a tray underneath it with some pebbles. That's a good idea. And just make sure the top of that soil stays moist. Karen, you're looking for maidenhair fern. I love it. We're going to take a break and do the news, weather, and traffic. And we'll be back with your calls and Mickey Gasway. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Halfway through the show, and I think the temperature outside has only risen two degrees in the last hour and a half. You're waking up to some chilly weather. It's a great fall morning, though. Thanks for listening to Green and Growing. I'm your host, 
Ashley Frasco, you hear me Monday through Friday mornings, triple team traffic during Atlanta's morning news. And here I am on Saturday mornings, happy to be back behind the chair and taking your calls and hosting all the experts and special people that you've come to really fall in love with on this show. And I'm glad to uh, be incorporating Michael Cowan from the Dunwoody Nature Center into the show a little bit today. And Mickey Gasway, all of you know her as your beloved Pike Nursery lady, and she has stepped away from Pike. But Mickey, you're staying busy as ever. You've got a heck of a yard to maintain, don't you? Well, it, there's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> there is. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. No, actually, we've kind of we've had a little more time, so we've got we've got it pretty much pretty much in order. It's, it's not too bad. So well, you I know, need to clean out my perennial beds. Right now, I clean out some of the annuals that are mixed in there so I can and put some pansies in there and some sap dragons in there. But my perennials have done great this year. Oh, that's great. See, and too, like, I mean, I always lean on you for what works and what doesn't because that's the mm-hmm. thing I love about you. You love animals, but with plants, too. <laughs> you've never met a plant you don't like, and so you try everything. And if it fails, then you learn from that. And if you have really good success, then that's something that you share with others. But you're not afraid to try a plant and say, look, I'm going to put it in the best spot possible. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, no love lost. Yes, I did that with five-leaf acadia. And that is the plant from Hades. Let me tell you. <laughs> say it again. It's five-leaf what? Akebia. Oh, okay. Now, why why is it no good? Well, because I don't like, I mean, it's actually sold as an ornamental. And it's pretty. But it grows like it, the vine grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, and then it, it's perennial. And then it drops seeds, and so you get them all over everything. And then it, it grows by underground runners and it comes up everywhere. So I've got it coming up in a shrub bed, and I put it on an arbor. It looked beautiful for about two years, and then I realized what it was doing. So, you know, you, you, you learn, you live and learn. <laughs> you, you've got your favorites and then you've got your not so that's, favorites. That's exactly. Yeah. I, that's my not so favorite. <laughs> so Mickey is very active on Facebook and posts a lot of pictures of what she's working on, even a blog that she writes uh, a little, you know, here and there dabbles in. So follow her, Mich- Mickey Fishback Gasaway. If you search Facebook for that, you'll find what Mickey's been up to. And now she's on the radio right now to help me take your calls. 404-872-0750. Good morning to Nancy in Atlanta. Welcome to Green and Growing. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I've got a question. I hired a landscaper um, to redo my front yard because I just lost a huge hemlock. And the huge hemlock basically took up most of the yard. But anyway, he... um, suggested planting a coral bark Japanese maple in the front yard. And my concern is a little bit of research I've done online. It says that you shouldn't plant it in full sun, but he says it's going to be fine. It will get all afternoon full sun. And online it says you shouldn't plant it there. I'm trying to figure out who's right, him or, or if you know. or I think they do better in full sun. Full to part okay. sun. Um, full sun in our area is six hours a day and three after 12. If they don't get full sun, you don't get, and first of all, it, the, the bark doesn't turn as red as it does. Okay. You want that red bark. That's what you're planting it for. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the bark is not nearly as red as you don't get. Part sun is fine, but I think I would I'd never plant. I've got one in the shade, and it just looks like a green tree. Okay. Okay, because I didn't so want to pay five hundred dollars for a tree. He only yes. guarantees for a year, and then it burn up. And Nancy, what is your attraction to that? Like, why a coral 
bark maple in particular because I, of the color? Yeah, I just think it's a beautiful color. He suggested some kind of red maple, and I wasn't real fond of it. So, but I liked all the different color changes I've seen on the um, on the coral bark. And also, yeah. another suggestion, like Mickey's giving you some good news there, that it will do well. But I'm in love with, and I want my front yard to have... <laughs> A rising sun red bud. Red bud. Um, those trunks aren't colorful like this maple that we're talking about, but a rising sun red bud likes full sun as well. And man, the leaf change and the color yeah. is stunning. And we're coming up on like the most beautiful time for that. So that's another consideration just to maybe give you an option. How, how big do those get? Mm, I would say, 20. gosh, 20 feet. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. About the same size probably as the, uh, the crawl bark. Yeah, and if you prune it, you know, in the beginning to kind of help shape it, you can really shape it the way you want it so that it's not just branches going straight out in all all sort of ways. You know, maybe get a, like a little more of a wine glass kind of shape where it's growing upwards, but they're beautiful. I love them. Okay. And you get the, with those, you get the color, the flowers in the spring, and then you get those bright, bright, bright green gold uh, leaves. I'm with you, Ashley. I think that's a great idea. Ooh, yeah, I just had to take that minute to brag on Rising Sun Redbud because, man, I love them. So, Nancy, thank you so much. Good luck, and let us know what you decide. Up next is Kim Indicator. Hey, Kim, good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm going to put winterizer weed and seed on my lawn this weekend, and it's been two weeks since it's been mowed. Should I put it on a little bit longer grass? Now, what grass? For, what grass do you have? Let's establish that first. Oh, it's a it's basically um, Bermuda in some spots, but I've got other spots that are just kind of weedy. Whatever was growing there, I mean, I'm, I'm eventually going to do sod, but not right now. So it's the the actual grass I have is Bermuda. Bermuda. Um, and should I do it on the longer grass? Okay, so I want to um, let folks know what Kim's talking about is, you know, a lawn winterizer. So that's like a late fall fertilizer application that you do. It just helps mm-hmm. the lawn store more food to survive the winter. Yeah. But it's not a fertilizer in that you're thinking, you know, encouraging growth because, of course, we don't want the Bermuda growing now. Uh, Mickey, what's your thoughts? I've definitely got a thought on that, but I'll well, let you talk first. The, most of the winterizers are high in pota- uh, potassium. That's that third number. And that third number is just for the overall vigor of the plant. I'm not seeing as many winterizers as I used to. But I, I don't. I think it's good. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm not sure. It's. I think the thing that I would be most concerned with right now is getting a pre-emergent of it. Uh, but it doesn't have to stick to the leaves if that's what she was asking about it being on the longer leaves. It just needs to go and water it in. Yeah. So, and and Kim, I honestly don't even think a winterizer is necessary. Really, check your check your uh, do a a soil sample because usually here our soils are adequate in potassium anyway. So you might want to do a soil test before you do that. Yeah, it's a little bit different to apply a winterizer winterizer to a warm season lawn rather than you know it would it would definitely benefit more for something like a fescue, something cool season. Um, And then the question of okay, well, if she is going to go ahead with a winterizer, mowing first or not? Um, I kind of think my my train of thought on that, Mickey, is usually if I'm going to do anything, I've got fescue, but if I'm going to seed or I'm going to fertilize or you know do a pre-emergent. I personally like to mow and then do whatever yeah. I'm going to do about four or five days later. I don't want to mow and do it the same day, but that's just me. 
Well, I, I think that's a good idea because then it can get to the soil, and you don't want it on the, the leaves. You want it on the soil, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, so, Kim, good luck with that. Um, you know, that is a toss-up. I mean, you, if you have the money to spend and, and feel better about it, you could do it, but totally not necessary. And go to Walter's website um, for information, walterreeves.com, on getting that soil test that Mickey's talking about, but also just type in winterizer and read a little bit more uh, yourself just about warm season grasses and, and kind of make a, an educated decision there on what you want to do. Um, up next is Rudy calling from Tucker. Hey, Rudy, welcome to the show. Hello there. Hey. I have six knockout roses, three on each side at the end of my driveway. And they got that disease that knockouts get that mm-hmm. the ends of the roses got all curly-cued and messed Ooh. up for the Ro- last couple of years. Rose rosette. And, oh. and I think y'all say that you can't do anything for that. You got to pull yeah. them out. Yeah, that yeah. is and correct. So, it's viral, and once it hits the plant, and then you run the risk of it, you know, passing along to the other plants nearby. And yeah, unfortunately, there's no stopping it. Yeah, it's vectored by mites, and so if a mite can get from one to somebody else to a rose nearby, because that's where it came from. So I'd get so my, get them out of there. My question, my question is, if I yank those out, um, I, I need to put something back in there. And so is there a plant that you could recommend to go back in there? Uh, or does the ground need to sit for so long, or do I need to treat the ground? Or what do I do to get it ready to put something else in there? Do you know, do you want something flowering there? Just there's back and forth about whether, how long, if they stay in the soil or not. And I don't know what the current thoughts of that is. And for a while they said, don't do it for a year, don't put one, but I don't know if they're still saying that or not. But um, you could put something totally different that was not susceptible to um, the uh, rose rosette. And you know, you right? Put, that, like, that's my question. What what different can I put down there that's not affected by that? That would well, be pretty in flower. Like, you could use butterfly bushes. You could use. Um, you could do some um, encore azaleas would be beautiful in there because they love full sun and they'll have leaves all winter long. And you could use one that was the right height. I think that would be a good good substitute. So, okay. So Encore Azalea is not affected by the same thing that gets the roses? No. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Ah. So butterfly bush, that's going to get really big, though, so keep it. Well, there's keep some of them that are small, though. Good, there's okay. So say pruned and maintained. Um, on yeah. But yeah, from what I'm seeing, Mickey and Rudy, is you yank out the rows and you may still have root fragments in the soil that, you know, of course, purposely you're not leaving there. But that's just enough. Just those little root fragments left in the soil are enough to keep the mites happy. Um, so that's why you would need to wait. And I, I don't see any recommended amount of time either. So I would just for now forego any any rose variety but you've got some other options there so thank you so much for the call rudy uh we're going to take a break but coming up mickey we're going to talk to bernadette in smyrna a powdery gray substance on her gardenias and what to do about that and wayne and rex trying to identify a plant and describing it a little bit it pops up seasonally so we're going to try to help him do that you're like my you're my app mickey you're my plant identifier (laughs) so i think together together we can do that so and we welcome your calls of course 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. And coming up at 8.30, Pike Nursery going to be joining us 
Uh, I had the Georgia Forestry Commission on in the first hour to talk about falling into fall, the leaf change and the color in North Georgia. We're going to be updating you on Georgia Leaf Watch every Saturday in October. And I'm happy that in about an hour, Pike Nursery is going to be doing much the same, giving you suggestions on some great things to plant right now that are going to give you fall color, whether it's trees or shrubs. And either way, you know, you've got that lifetime guarantee with Pike Nursery that if a tree or shrub fails for any reason, you can return it to Pike, keep the receipt, but it doesn't matter if it's years, uh, you'll be able to swap that plant out. So you've got a lifetime guarantee to go ahead and try what you want because now is a great time to be planting some of those things. So coming up on 748, you're listening to Green and Growing, and we'll be back on WSB. All right, a lot to get to here in the next three or four minutes. So the weather update, you know how to plan your weekend today and tomorrow. Very similar, clear skies, sunny highs in the low to mid-70s and lows around 50. According to Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz and sponsored by Finley Roofing. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, number one, this is easy. It's the first weekend of October, so put out those pumpkins and those mums and those pansies for great fall color. It's time to pull out some of the summer stuff that's fading. Number two, you want to delay harvesting vegetables as long as possible. I just picked off two bell peppers off of our pepper plant last night, and they turned nice and red. They were there just long enough. But you can get ready to harvest winter squash and sweet potatoes. you got to cure sweet potatoes for five to ten days and then store them in a dark place around 60 degrees that stays a little humid, and then they can be stored for months. And Mickey Gazaway, formerly of Pike Nursery and a friend of the show, friend of Walter Reeves, I know you've got a number three. What should folks be doing? You need to be planting your fescue. Seeding, seeding, seeding for fescue. That's a great seeding thing to do. Yeah, we've still got grass. a couple of weeks. This is, this is a great time to do that. If you've got a fescue lawn, um, I would overseed it if you're going to start a new one. This is the time to do it. But this is a great time. It's just so much better than trying to do it when it's hot. Um, spring is the second best, but this is the best time to do it. And if you've got a, a Bermuda lawn or a centipede or a zoysia lawn, this is the time to put a pre-emergent on it. I wouldn't do, you don't want to do the pre-emergent on the fescue. Now, but do the you can do a pre-emergent on your summer lawns to keep all those winter those nasty winter weeds. Good out. advice because you've got that beautiful warm season grass that's going to go dormant, mm-hmm. and you don't want bright green weeds cropping up. Right. I agree. All right, well, we've got about a minute here, Bernadette in Smyrna. I wanted to get to your call. Good morning. Good morning. So, what you got? I, I have a, a gardenia that has sort of a gray, sooty look to the leaves, and there's these. N- Nets or something flying above it. Oh boy! Um, white fly. Uh, so we think white fly and what to do about it, Mickey. You've got about forty-five seconds. <laughs> Pre-emerge. I mean, um, use imidacloprid. Use something at the bottom of the plant. You can use neem oil right now, but to keep it off for a year, put imidacloprid. Uh, uh, Bayer tree and shrub is a great one. You put it on the soil and it lasts for twelve months. So- it poisons the plant. It doesn't hurt the plant poisons the plant so when they the white flies suck on the plant they die and the, the mold that you're seeing is white fly poop 
Yes, so Bernadette, that uh, that powdery substance, that's what that is, white flies. Imidacloprid is the active ingredient of the systemic insecticides you want to use. And if folks don't do it now, you definitely have to get ahead of it and do it in March or April before we start yeah. seeing those infestations. So right now, not going to hurt the plant. The gardenia, I think, is safe. All right, coming up on 8 o'clock, it's going to be a brand new hour, and we'll be back with your calls on Green and Growing. Stay tuned to WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.